Jordan. I don't I think I said Jordan too early. I probably just was the end of the word Jordan. Jordan is itching to talk about Ryan Smith. So we are going and it's Brigham Young Money and it is some fucking day in November that I don't remember what it is, but <laughs> 17th, buddy. 17th. Thank you, Liam. You're welcome. Yeah, that's right. We have Liam on the pod. Liam, say hello, please. Hello, please. Thank you very much. Liam, Liam, tell us a little bit about who you are, where you've been, the roads you've traveled, and why you are both a 76ers fan and a Celtics fan at the same time. Oh, uh, you forgot my Wizards fandom. Art. Uh, well, listen, it's Bradley Beal is going to save us all, man. I do uh, love Bradley Beal, to be honest. I feel so bad for him. Uh, watching Kyle <laughs> Kuzma in a Wizards uniform is detrimental to my fucking health. But uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> that's fucking uh, it's, it's so weird. It's awkward. It's like seeing Shaq in a Celtics jersey. Yeah. Oh, Shaq and choose it's man. Yeah. I'm just I, uh, glad there's someone else on the pod who can pronounce Schuylkill and Wissahickon. Yep, that's me, baby. Hey, uh, uh, Wait, hold, on, hold on a second. Kuzma's on the Wizards? Yeah. yeah. He, was, he was part of the trade that brought Russ to LA. Russ, yeah. Oh, fuck. Well, all right. I guess I should probably pay attention to some of the guys that came from my alma mater, but whatever. You think? You don't need yeah. to pay attention to Kyle Kuzma. No, no. I don't. Once, once every few months, he does something cool, and the other times, he's just like firing off thirty footers. He has no prayer of making. But um, hey, that was him yeah. in Utah too. That's right. <laughs> At least y'all got Trez. Trez whips ass. Yeah, he's having a year on the Wizards for some he's reason. Fucking good. Yeah, I wonder if I wonder if Kyle Kuzma's Instagram girlfriends followed him to 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 DC. I know, like he seemed very desperate to not get traded from LA, like posting all this shit on like Instagram about how much he loves LeBron and stuff. It's like, buddy, it's already I, over. I, I, <laughs> I models already fucking over. love Ben's chilies or Ben's chili bowl. That's right. The second like, like a possible up. trade was coming up, you knew he was going to be gone, but it was just a matter if it was going to be like like Cleveland or Detroit if or, or if it was going to be somewhere like New York, but it was, yeah, that, it was that, DC that time on Instagram. He was trying to pretend like a guy in a zombie movie who wasn't bit. It's like, I'm fine guys. Right. It's okay. <laughs> guys, no, me and LeBron, LeBron were LeBron, so we, sick. We worked it all out. Everything's fine. <laughs> see guys, LeBron with like a 44 to the back of his head. <laughs> did you guys see that graphic that was making the rounds on Twitter the other day from a Cleveland, uh, news channel oh yeah yeah i saw it that said, yeah kyle it had a picture of kyle kuzma and it said one championship courtesy of lebron james dude wait i thought it was like saying lebron won because of him like in la i thought they were trying to be no, salty no, no, it was the opposite kyle kuzma won courtesy of lebron james That's and a, kyle kuzma like, retweeted it and said City of Cleveland, we have something in common. Nice yeah, to I meet you. Yeah, I thought that was great. Yeah. Uh, that was yeah, fantastic. That yeah, I was about to say, that's pretty big of the city of Cleveland to say something like that, considering they have one championship in 80 years because of LeBron, LeBron James, but whatever. Yeah, that's... Dude, at least as long as Kyle Kuz was not tweeting... Uh, you know, Anti-fact I, shit. Yeah. One NBA championship thanks to LeBron James. That's really... That's great. I love, I love to see that. Anyway, Liam... Thank you for joining us. You're welcome. Liam's on a multitude of podcasts. Do you want to name all the podcasts? I don't know. Uh, sure. I am on, well, there's your problem, which is a leftist comedy engineering disasters podcast with slides. Uh, we just uploaded part one of our biggest episode yet about the Titanic. Uh, I am on uh, Lions Led by Donkeys, which is a leftist military history podcast. And I am on 10,000 Losses, which is my baby. Uh, I and a guy from uh, Philly SRA 
uh, talk about Philly sports and the futility of same from sort of a labor perspective. God damn yeah, it. When, Everyone when, has uh, a... Yeah, love to see it. When Jordan said he, uh, you wanted to be on, I went and looked at like, like your top tweet about your podcast with slides. Yeah. <laughs> Were people complaining about the slides? People people inevitably sort of complain. It's And it's very rare that the, the comments bother me now and a lot of people are just like, so stop reading them. But like today was a particularly egregious one where I like someone was like, oh, how do people even pay attention to this? Are they really throwing this up on their TV for three hours? It's like, I don't fucking know. The Patreon <laughs> would indicate that they do. Uh, and then like someone else was just like, oh, why are they saying the ship was cursed by its own hubris? When clearly it was just the shipping line, like cutting costs. And we're like, yeah, we know it's a fucking joke, dude. <laughs> Like I don't know how to help you. If that's if you can't see that obvious joke, I I can't help you. I'm sorry. Listen, well, some of us do watch the slides. Some of us do it while we're on the elliptical at the gym. It happens, and it keeps me going for sixty minutes at a time. So you know what? It's that's cool. honestly that's a great workout move. Like at the gym, like to listen to and watch a podcast with slides. You don't have to like look at anything else in the gym. Wow. That's honestly, that's some big brain shit, to be that honest. Might be the, that might be the move from now on. I will go on record as saying, uh, as proud as I am of our podcasts, uh, especially how big Well There's Your Problem has gotten, I don't understand the people who are like, yeah, we want like three and a half hour episodes. Because I record them and I feel like I'm fucking dying. Like, I can't imagine listening to them. Sometimes you just need to get in your car, go on a long drive, and while you're driving, watch a three-hour slideshow and podcast, again, while you're driving behind the wheel. Cannot emphasize enough how you should actually not be looking at the road and should be looking at us. Sometimes you just got to, uh, <laughs> yeah, have a, have, a, have a couple drinks, get behind the wheel, put on a good slideshow, and listen to, well, there's your problem. And that's what I do, folks. And it's very nice. It's very fun. I love doing it. We've got a lot to talk about today. And we have brought Liam in here to suffer through one of the most incredible uh, profiles about a very um, up-and-coming star in the Utah scene. I think a we're special, all very excited. special boy. Yep. Special boy with normal, very good hair, just like his other billionaire compatriots. And um, we will get there, but Greg's going to walk us through uh, his recurring segment, which is the Hell Lines. And we're going to talk about some shit that's been going on. Uh, Greg. We got a lot to talk about, so I'm going to kind of speed the raise go. these real quick. Uh, number one, uh, the info war has been lost. Conspiracy uh, theorist Alex Jones found liable for damages and lawsuits brought by brought by parents of Sandy Hook shooting victims. A hearing will be scheduled on how much the damages he will have to pay. And then, of course, earlier this year, a judge in Texas ruled in a separate lawsuit that Jones was liable for his damages for his comments about the 2012 mass shooting. Um, he also lost his wife and his kids don't see him anymore. So sucks to suck, bitch. Yeah. Was this the one where he was saying like his defense was that he's playing a character? I believe so. Yeah. yeah. I believe so. That yeah. was the one in Texas. Yeah. Like he just straight been... up fucking admitted it. I know. But like, like he gave the de- game away. That was like years ago when he and said that. it didn't that, matter. Though. Yeah. He really fell off with QAnon becoming a thing. I feel like. I don't know. Yeah. But it, I mean, he just... Like, he doesn't have the bite that he used to. I think I don't know. Tucker Carlson just, just took his powers. His, right. It's Tucker like how, Carlson just how killed Chris him and Christie became like Chase Song. Superseded by Trump. 
Yeah. Yeah. Now Chris Christie gets like glowing profiles on like CNN and MSNBC like multiple times a week. It's really amazing. I think about that picture of Chris Christie pouring a small bag of M&Ms into a larger bag of M&Ms. At least Dude, once a week. He's such a dirtbag. Do you remember like when he closed all the state beaches and then they like the helicopter flew over and took a photo of him and his wife just at one of the state beaches that he just closed? Just, just hanging out himself. on the Jersey Shore by himself. Yeah. And then he was like, well, if you were governor, you could do this, too. And it's like, that's not the fucking point, guy. Honestly, that's pretty funny. I like if you're if you're like a shitbag, you might as well be doing stuff like that. Like, that's such a, like a shitty Jersey guy thing to do, too. Like, that's something Tony Soprano would totally. And do. then like he was doing like bridge crimes, like crimes <laughs> having to do with bridges. Like, I don't know what it was. I just remember there he was like some closed the a lane. On the on the George Washington Bridge, which connects Fort Lee, New Jersey, and and Manhattan, yeah, and to like punish the mayor of Fort Lee <laughs> for like not basically kissing the ring. And a fun aside, a case my dad worked in the seventies, uh, which uh, the city of York versus some auto shop. Uh, there, there was found that there was like an inherent right to travel. Uh, the constant, like so innate that it doesn't even need to be numbered, uh, and they had to use that within the prosecution of the Bridgegate case. Uh, my dad was in like a Philly Inquirer oh, article man. about it, trying to recall this case from like the seventies from memory. That wow. was oh, amazing. Man. Yeah, that's. <laughs> Bridge crimes, dude. I want to get into bridge crime. If bridge I'm ever crime like, sounds like such a fucking cool band name. <laughs> bridge crimes. <laughs> so okay. bridge, crime. bridge crimes. We are we are Boston straight edge for some reason. <laughs> That's right. And this is <laughs> this like, is our first song, but this is your last fucking chance. <laughs> Go hard for bridge crimes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got we got to move on. We got a lot to. T- lot to cover. Right. So number two on the list, of course, from the paper of record, the Deseret News, who we love. Um, ben McAdams has officially endorsed Evan McMullen. Um, and Hell from yeah. that incredibly brain poisoning op-ed, Let's quote, go. Utah deserves an independent who is free to look for good ideas and to work with anyone who helps solve problems facing our country. Evan McMullen can win. If principal Democrats, <laughs> independents, and Republicans join together in this movement, McMullen will win this race. No, he won't. Yeah, Probably he, not, no. He's not going to fucking win. Like, not, like, Ben McAdams is the only politician with worse instincts than Elizabeth Warren. This I is a fucking it. guy <laughs> who lost to a QAnon believer with, with, who sued with, uh, the NFL for fucking brain damage? For giving him brain damage. That's right. Yeah, and now he lost uh, to that guy. Who's going to be that representative until he dies? Since because uh, following up last week's episode about the uh, redistricting and how I wonder if Spencer Cox is going to do anything about it. He did not do anything about it, so everyone just got like disenfranchised forever. And Burgess Owens is here for. Like ever, yeah. His district, know, his, his district went from R plus six, which is hard but kind of doable for Democrats, to like R plus sixteen now. Yeah, yeah, it's rules. impossible. Yeah, it's. I know. 
but don't, so, but don't uh, worry. It's going to be funny though. Also just speaking about the funniest part of that, about that uh, editorial you were talking about is that he wasn't the only one who wrote it. He w- wrote it with one, uh, what's her name? Uh, Wa- Joan- Juanita Broderick or whatever. Her name no, is? not Juanita Broderick. That was, uh, uh-huh. that was the person who accused, uh, Bill Clinton of, of rape. Oh, that's right. Yeah. My, D- my different one. Joni Broderick is one we're thinking that's of. That's who it is. Yeah. She is was the, who he runs that like organization with. No, she is the, uh, she was the candidate in the last election against Burgess Owen for like the United Utah party, which is like the never Trump Republican party for Utah. Oh my God. Who okay. got like 2% of the vote and like placed fourth. Awesome. Evan McMullen's like ability to just continue being in like doing anything just it's, it's astounding, but I mean, I'm sure that's going to go well. Wait, who, so who's, who's running? Oh, that's and he's, he's running against Mike Lee in this one, right? Yeah. It's, yeah. For some reason, the guy who called like torture, like a gray area is somehow like the moral superior choice in this election. It's going to be great. We've already seen this too. Like so many times when it's like, are you going to have the Coca-Cola version of a Republican or the Diet Coke version of a Republican in a Republican state? You're always going to go for the Coca-Cola version. Always. (laughs) Why you don't want, you want the real thing. Listen, the moment we knew that, uh, that, Evan McMuffin was cooked was the moment that like he had like George Tennant on his campaign ad like the oh, guy no. like oh, no. yeah that the guy awesome. like universally held to be like the guy who like just completely fucked up the Iraq intelligence but like no, well, no throw him on there yeah. maybe maybe this goes well maybe this endorsement changes the game um maybe he ends up getting to be a senator and Ben can can help him write amazing legislation like giving out free parking validations to people who, you know, spend more than $50 at a strip mall. I think that would be great legislation that they could work on together. And I think that's the type of thing that could get me in particular very excited. Guys I, would definitely show up to vote. I, I think that you're just undercutting what a Ben McAdams endorsement meant. You guys remember the Democratic primary in 2020, right? You I guys do. remember how I try ben, not to how Ben McAdams <laughs> came out for Mike Bloomberg, and Mike Bloomberg <laughs> rose to the astounding heights of fourth place and placed behind. Ben, ben McAdams seriously thought that like Pete Buttigieg was too much of a radical to endorse. He broke he broke local Utah Democratic ranks to not endorse Pete Buttigieg and he endorsed Bloomberg. Like he thought Jesus like Pete was Christ. a little too much. Like that's literally the type of person we're dealing with here where he well, you know, endorsed Bloomberg. I mean, Ben's a Republican. I don't know why he ever pretended otherwise. He should just have always run, ran as a Republican. It doesn't make sense why he wouldn't. But Not only that, but like the only reason Ben McAdams is considered a quote prominent Democrat in the state of Utah is because he beat Mia Love by 400 votes. And the only reason that happened is because Mia Love pissed off Trump and Trump was too spiteful to endorse her. And weed was on the ballot and Medicare expansion. Yep. Anyway. Okay, Greg, sorry. You may continue. Um, big shock to everyone. Uh, Utah doesn't care about women. What? I'm stunned. What? What is this? The Salt Lake Tribune had a story about Utah and Salt Lake counties handling sexual assault cases. In Salt Lake County, 65% of cases stopped at law enforcement. Charges were filed in 10% of cases, and 7% of those cases had successful prosecutions. 
In Utah <laughs> County, 59% of cases stopped at law enforcement, 14% had charges filed, 10% were successfully prosecuted. Another big finding for Utah County, suspects who were people of color are nearly three times more likely to be charged than white assailants. Oh this God. data was not collected for Salt Lake County. And of course, this is on the heels of an August report that Utah has been ranked the worst state for women's equality three years in a row. The Utah way, baby. Jesus fuck. This state but, you know, if be- we can all just if we can all just come together, independents, yeah, you- Democrats, and Republicans and join together in this movement, McMullen can win this race. We really just need to be split there. will win this, as we know. <laughs> and then we we'll re- all do the high hope stance. <laughs> yeah, I don't have high speaking of which, we're gonna get to that. Oh no. So we don't did need you to watch do the that. documentary? I did. Oh, wait, we're, we're gonna talk we're gonna talk yeah, about I, I can't. That. I mean the shit around like just sexual assault in general and like how it's handled by law enforcement is already like some of the most insane shit ever. Um, and then multiply that by being in this state. Like, I don't even, <laughs> I, I don't even know. I mean, they how. refuse to get it right anywhere, but yeah, I imagine like, it's cause it yeah. is a refusal to get it right. It's not a, yeah. cause they really wanted to do it with a, you know, functionally unlimited money. They could do it. They just don't want to. Yeah, like if you read, I mean, I, I've never gone to the police about a sexual assault myself, but like I've read like plenty from women who have and like they've made plenty of like there's like a really good TV show. I can't remember what it's called. It's like un- unbelievable, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that was good. But that really that documents like <laughs> what the process is like going like trying to like navigate that type of shit. <laughs> And just like the humiliation, the like just being grilled about such a traumatic event over and over and over and over again. It's just there's just wild shit. And I, it's like you said, it's it's uh, it's by design. So, uh, yeah, pretty, pretty bad, I got to say. Yeah, but, I'm just I'm just shocked that the people who voluntarily become police officers are really bad about uh, investigating sexual assault because they that's crazy. They, they seem like a fun bunch. They seem great. Yeah, we should. Uh, maybe we'll talk more about that another time. But Greg, continue, please. One thing, real quick. Yeah, cops don't solve crimes. This is true. Yeah, they react to crimes. That's right. Um, just another thing that really should get you in the high hopes mood. You guys ready for Harry Butt twenty twenty four? Yes. I don't even know what that is, but yes, I am. So from Sean Sullivan of the Washington Post, Dems broadly see a Harris Buttigieg or Harrison Buttigieg as the future of the party beyond President Biden. That's a joke, They also right? see their political futures diverging in the first 10 months of Biden's presidency. A party anxious about its futures sharpens its scrutiny. Nice. Because, you All know, right. when is like identity politics ever backfired? <laughs> You know what? I, I honestly thought it would take longer than 10 months for the knives to start coming out in the Democratic Party. I thought we at least have like a good year of good feelings. But man, these yeah, these people no. all turned on each other in a hurry. Yeah. And like the la- the latest Chapo, Chapo episode was talking about how uh, Harris apparently is upset that she's like not getting fitted for the throne. That she's kind of getting left out in the cold as the VP. Which nah, like, sucks. Well, sucks your v- suck. But your VP, yeah, I don't know what you yeah. you knew what the job was when you accepted it. Like not just that, but 
Kamala Harris currently has an approval rating of 28%, which is quite literally good, right? the worst in history. Oh. And I, why? What's even being attributed to her? I, I've been like really out of touch the with border. Like, nice. All right, cool. Yeah, which, nice. the, which, which apparently in that same Washington Post article, she was like, why did I get stuck with that one too? I was like, well, because you're the person who gets dumped on because we can't. We can't put that on Joe. That's a horrible idea. You can't put anything on Joe after the sun goes down. Yeah. <laughs> what an exceptional idea to think that being uh, Joe Biden's VP would, would ever turn out well for you. But hey, she gave it a go and we're and she, she might be learning the hard way, but it's all right. I'm sure it's fine. Lessons I, learned, baby. Lessons I learned. Know. Listen, if she didn't want to be treated this way, she probably should have, uh, I don't know, done better in the primaries and maybe pulled ahead of Andrew Yang in her own state. Oh, I, I, forget, I, I forgot how sad that was. Yeah. And just trans, transitioning over to Pete Buttigieg, I, I spent a couple hours yesterday just – Basically giving myself a lobotomy watching that documentary. Dear God, why? It seems good. The trailer looked awesome. It yeah. looked like, oh my God, did they, in the documentary, did they have the scene with where the, where the lights went out and everyone did the thing with their phones? I don't remember that, but I also kind of fell asleep like three times. Do you remember when the... I hate it, that I'm watching you do this. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Jordan and I are doing the high hopes. Uh, <laughs> so good. Like, do you guys remember that when he was in the like, gymnasium and the lights went out and then they um, had the, yes. like, while yes. he was doing his best Obama impression? Yeah, but like he had a line ready that that was like talking about lighting the way or whatever. And yeah. all that shit is so like canned and pre-planned. So like we know that wasn't off the cuff, but um, it seemed like the lights went out on purpose and then he did that I, just for the Twitter video. And honestly, whatever, man. I kind of respect that. I got to respect, respect that. Just the like post. Pure, yeah. pure cynicism of that. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Honestly, like craven. I, I get it too. Yeah, I kind of respect it too because he just like made that calculation like, yeah, Democratic primary voters elite this shit this up shit all the time. Yeah. Who cares? I'm just yeah. speaking of the post. I have to read you guys what I what I wrote. I did a little, you know, letterboxed on Twitter review. Um, nice. But I said, I do not think this man is fully human. He is a vapid, hollow, narcissistic husk who stands for and believes in nothing other than personal advancement. He's like if a T2 ran for office and we're all stuck with him for the next 30 years. Like him and Beto, man. Just, he's the fucking real-life political Patrick Bateman. Okay, here's the thing so about Beto much. is that, like, I feel like if he becomes governor of Texas, he'll, like, change the state song to, like, Boys Don't Cry by The Cure and then it'll be okay. <laughs> I'm honestly well, kind of into well, that idea. Uh, we're going to take your AR and it's just like, God damn it, dude. Like, you <laughs> no. live in fucking Texas. Like, Everyone you got like, washed by Ted Cruz, the literal most hated senator in America, and he, he washed you. He shouldn't have said anything about guns. Um, that really fucked him. But I, I, do you remember when he like kept he, he kept being like the guy who says the f word? So like, yeah, there are all those like similar like to Pete's videos. There'd be like Beto like on a standing on like a diner table or something like the bar at a diner, and he'd be like. This is fucking stupid or something. I don't even know what he would say. And everyone's like, yeah. Yeah, it is fucking stupid, Beto. Like, and then he'd kickflip off of it and then he just rode away <laughs> to the sunset. That was awesome. Honestly, uh, honestly, he had to go back to his home planet. 
fuck remember the vanity fair article and like the cover page he had was it I vanity just, fair i think i it just was. gotta do it man i feel it was like uh, yeah it was like a matthew it. mcconaughey yeah. Yeah, and fever dream. That Vanity Fair article was amazing too because it was like most of it, like his family trying to talk. It's like, Beto, please don't do this. It's like, I gotta do it. And then, like, the you rest of it was like him this, playing man. pranks on his family, which is like, what the fuck, dude? You're insane. Oh, man. That's like just, one of my favorite things is when people, someone's family is like trying to like look out for them. <laughs> and like, they're just like, no, eat no. shit. I have to do this. I did like speaking of Representative Gosser. Uh, he he. His siblings all got together and oh, ran a campaign. Oh, if you remember that, yes. for his opponent. it's that guy. That's yes, who it's had that the... guy. It's that guy. Oh my god! Yes. Well, they're all yeah, like, so yeah, my brother's a real piece of shit, huh? Like, yes. Oh my god, that's right. So before we started recording, I was asking about why Representative Gosser was trending, and apparently he had some like animated video where AOC was decapitated, and he got censured by the House today for it. Um, but I, th- back when he was run, I, I, I don't know how long he's been representative. I don't know if it was a re-election campaign or like four his years. I'm not sure. Yeah, but his opponent had a campaign ad where all of R- Representative Gosar's like siblings <laughs> were campaigning against him in yes. his opponent's campaign ad. They were like, "We love our brother. Like, do not vote for him. <laughs> he's a piece of shit." <laughs> oh my god that's so awesome uh man i love i love it uh love pete also so i'm sorry you watched that documentary but it sounds like it was did you okay was the documentary good or did you just like it was fucking it was fucking terrible oh the documentary so no i mean like did you like was it just Pete being like a vacuous like asshole or was yes. it like – was the documentary oh, itself like good but no, about like, like a terrible No, the cinematography subject. was terrible. Like oh, they okay. doctored so footage to kind of like make it seem like Bernie claimed victory in Iowa before oh, Pete oh, yeah. and like – yeah. And like – but the, the thing I glean the most out of it is like – Again, Pete is not a regular type of human being with like feelings and emotions. Literally everything he does is motivated by his idea of what like a president should do. Oh, it's yeah. why like he would talk like Obama and like and, and, and the thing that, that that's so funny is that it really truly has made him the most boring man alive. Like he's he he's is, a shrewd little bastard, man. He yeah. is He's he's the equivalent of like white paint. That's awesome. Like he's just the fully grown version of a second grader who brings a briefcase to school. God, he's a grown ass boss baby. Dude, good for him. Love it. He makes Mitt Romney look like Hunter S. Thompson. Yeah. Well, Pete, hope you're doing well, man. Uh, Big things coming. Watch this space. Hide your poodles. Looking yeah. forward to seeing you get rocked by forty five. Yeah, boy, it's gonna be. It's gonna like, be there, there's gonna be f- is the word that comes to mind. There will be fifty thousand people who vote for Democrats. It is like it, I, we are stuck in like a bit of a hell where, uh, you know, like when. <laughs> We had all those clips of like Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden or whoever else saying we need like a strong Republican Party or whatever. No, while they just continue building like a shit ton of power, like at the state, at the local level, the state level, nationally, and then probably in these upcoming midterms, most likely in the next presidential election as well. 
And but then on the flip side, that's right, bitch. Four more seasons of Ted Lasso and we're good, man. It doesn't fucking matter. It doesn't matter if the Supreme Court's 9-0 or whatever and they like assassinate Sotomayor or whatever. It doesn't matter because we'll have another season of Ted Lasso and it's going to fix everything and I'm excited. Yep. For it. yep. I can't wait for someone to just quote the good place. Yep. Or <laughs> uh, whatever fucking thing. I've on the sub- Senate floor. I, I've just been subjugated to the good place for the last few weeks. So <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be the next statement by the parliamentarian. Oh, man. Yeah. Like these, like- these fucking people can't even pass a bill that would eliminate $10,000 in yeah. student student loan debt. No, not they even just, they just don't fucking watch it. They just don't. No, fucking watch they it don't. Because <clears throat> the way oh, they man. see it. And I, and I honestly believe this. I mean, the way they see it is like. There, there are certainly things that are difficult for the Democratic Party that aren't for the Republicans, where like Democrats have to build a meaningfully co- like a meaningful coalition, and the Republicans have basically business Republicans, weird ass pro lifers, and now I guess like whatever batshit QAnon wing, but they're all going to vote for whoever Trump endorses anyway. Sure, and like I'm sympathetic to that. Like I get that you have to build a coalition, and like that includes like some conservative people in the South, like conservative people of color, especially yeah. in the South. But like that's not like that doesn't have anything to do with fucking like student loan debt. Like that's got that's a universal proposition. It has yeah, like, it has nothing to do with doing uh, like doing things that are universally popular as well. Right. It's like you that can't even you like, can't whip the you can't whip the caucus into shape to vote for something that's got like 90 percent right <laughs> listen i get i get losers man i get when people are like okay you know uh defund the police like isn't actually politically popular because yeah. that's what the polling says yeah fine fair enough like and i get not wanting to put all your weight behind that but like medicaid expansion like or medicare expansion or like the green new deal which have like as long as you take joe biden's name off it it suddenly jumps like an 80 percent approval like yeah yeah you just mm-hmm. fucking ram it down their throats and if they don't like it they vote you off these people are so fucking scared of losing power and like mm-hmm. you know who's not fucking scared of it mitch mcconnell like no. he does yeah. not give a fuck if he's not in power for like two years because yeah. he's just gonna come yeah. back anyway they're scared of gaining power. They're and they're scared of having power. They're scared of losing, right. like the the very minimal footing they have. It's, right. it's like they're they're defending their own power and their individual positions, but they don't. You know, they right, don't want to. It's like it's like Roe v. Wade. Roe v. Wade is just like a political yep. fundraising tool to these fucking people. Yep, yep. Like it's like because they like they their donors whoever could still get a relatively safe abortion if they needed it, but like. Yeah. Some working, some woman working three jobs in Tuscaloosa doesn't have that fucking privilege. Listen, I, I know that the Democrats are kind of in a rough spot right now, but their plan to repackage, defund the police, and to make the police into Brooklyn Nine Nine, it's going to really, really sort of get oh some votes going. <laughs> Did you ever They're watch those like, George Floyd episodes? No, I no, actually uh, have not seen those. They are I tough. <laughs> I don't they think are, I want they to. They are not great television. <laughs> I bet they take a very reverent attitude, and I'm not. Yeah, not watching exactly uh, watching fucking what's his name, Andy Samberg, try to limp that was. Oh like, no! That oh, was no, pretty no, bad. No. Yeah, as I an Andy Samberg I fan, I will not be participating in a viewing experience of that. Which, of course, I'm looking forward to when whatever Democratic senator from wherever decides to. Uh, bring a projector to the congress floor or the senate floor and just do a showing of that entire season that'll be great and i think very meaningful so 
the the main thing that we want to talk about today is that uh, McKay Coppins, the Mormon whisperer who writes uh, for the Atlantic. Whisperer. Yeah, he's he's the he's the secret key. Jordan called him the Mormon whisperer earlier, and I completely agree. It's like if anyone's trying to get a pulse on the Mormons, McKay's your guy. And he wrote an he he wrote a profile uh, about someone very special for the Deseret. Um, the, for Deseret Magazine. Which is, I guess, and, is the glossy version of the Deseret News. Yeah, which, yeah, I, I guess is that, that's what, like, when they bring McKay in, it's called Deseret Magazine, but it's really just Deseret News without any of the annoying ads. It's like, yeah, I the mean. The New York Times Magazine, yeah. Yeah, I'm a good coastal magazine. lens, man. Yeah, it's very nice. But but this um, profile will probably be sandwiched in between like a piece by Bethany Mandel and a piece by Barry Weiss. So it's going to be yeah. like extra special. It's awesome. But so what's funny is I think the headline might have changed or something. But like the, the Twitter, I like the I like the one that sh- that is uh, showing on Twitter for when he originally posted. It says Ryan Smith sees Utah as the next great startup. Oh. Oh. Shut the fuck uh, up already. Oh, the Pretty state's good. been around for 170 years. Yep. So, okay. Here we go. So, this has, Ryan Smith. This has is the, the I just have to say this has the sure. greatest opening paragraph in a profile I have ever seen it, in my it, life. It's amazing. And I I'm like very thankful that McKay wrote this because um Ryan Smith, of course, is the new owner of the Utah Jazz. He is the CEO of Qualtrics, who likes to brand themselves as a cute little survey company, but they really just make their money on like data mining like everyone else and weirdly uh, like employee surveillance programs within uh, both internally and externally when they sell it to other companies. Oh, cool. That's ethical. And, and yeah, they, it's really cool. It's like they monitor when people like leave their desks and stuff, but it's not to get them in trouble, Liam. I know what you're thinking it's because they want to just study patterns and stuff. Yeah, uh, uh huh. Yeah, that sure. Why not? Pretty, pretty good. Listen, the motherfucker basically uh, created I Skynet. I know it's and it and it's great. And he's here to expand it all across this damn state guys, so let's, guys, get, let's get going we want to go through this article first off i don't know i don't like this tone we're going into this op-ed with you guys are <laughs> acting like this is the same company that may have teamed up with a like a healthcare startup from utah to essentially defraud utah and iowa with a covet test like they would never yeah. do anything like that yeah, so they did something like an episode that, on, huh? yeah we have to do an episode on test utah at a certain point but oh my god because um, they went, it went it's gone well and it's going well but anyway Okay, let's 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 get into this shit. It's so good. Okay. Quote, I'm just like in grind mode. <laughs> Brian Smith <laughs> tells me as he shovels pad thai out of a takeout container. We are sitting in a glass-walled conference room on the Provo campus of Qualtrics, the software company he co-founded with his dad and took public early 2021. He didn't co-found it with his dad. His dad gave it to him. Yes. It's been a chaotically busy day for Smith, and he's trying to squeeze in a late lunch, but the multitasking has proven tricky. Employees keep popping in and out with quick questions and cryptic updates. His phone dings and buzzes. His signature is required on this document and that one, and oh, just one more. This feels like such fake Trump bullshit. Like, this is like the, yeah. hey, come in every three minutes or so and just, like, ask me a question about something. Look, Doesn't matter what it's our, about. Look at our busy boy. Dude, yeah. Well, that's so funny because that's like the whole Trump family. Like there was that Trump, the Trump family documentary on like the Fox like streaming <laughs> side or whatever. I saw the clip of when 
I think it was Eric who was like the senior vice president of like doing dumb shit or whatever at the Trump organization. And they like had him pick out the cover for the Trump magazine of that month and like signed a document. It's just like the dumbest shit ever. Like that's what he gets paid. Who knows how much to do. It's just so awesome. Smith, the 43-year-old doyen of Silicon Slopes and new owner of the Utah Jazz, has a lot on his plate on this particular August afternoon. An NBA NBA franchise to rebuild, a high-profile tech summit to plan, a $27 billion company to run. But he puts all of that on hold and zeroes in when our conversation turns to an unexpected object of ire. Utah's Office of Tourism. I think the state's done a horrible job of branding themselves, he tells me. (laughs) His laid back (laughs) lilt suddenly taking on a harder edge. Horrible. Okay, let's stop here. Liam, what do you think of when you think of Utah? I'm just curious. Uh, National Parks, Mormons, and the Zion Curtain. There we go. The Zion Curtain. I like that one. That is is the perfect trio. Apparently, he hates that you said National Parks. Uh, This is... I, yeah. I mean this with all the respect in the world. The Jazz aren't winning a title anytime soon. Your natural beauty is the only thing you guys have. Yep. And we love it. And that's and that's like I, I'm, I'm apparently that's not what Ryan wants, though. He wants he wants that to be the complete opposite. This, it turns out, is something of a sore spot for Ryan Smith. The way he sees it, Utah has existed unfairly in the national imagination for far too long as a punchline. Strange and square and goofy and backward. We've been the easy state to pick on, he says. We have New Jersey right there, jackass. <laughs> there, okay, I can see it from my house. The way how much he like he, uh, as we go through this, you'll learn that everything in his brain is just branding. Um, yeah, I'm not I want I want people to keep in mind as you're listening to this. Maybe one of the stories that Greg mentioned earlier about maybe like certain things that take place here around sexual assault, or maybe some of the other stories that we've talked about recently. When it comes to like uh, the three biggest school districts in Utah being found guilty of like decades long systemic racism by the Department of Justice after like a multi year investigation, and maybe think about the way he talks about the branding of Utah being a problem. Um, I'm just you know. Just something to keep in mind. We're getting off fucking easy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe we're an easy target because we make ourselves an easy target. Yeah. But but I'll have you know, and Ryan will have you know, that state officials, rather than presenting a potent alternative to the tired stereotypes, have spent millions of dollars on advertising campaigns designed effectively to remind people that Utah has national parks. As someone who yeah, lives on the other side of cool. the country. Yeah, they are cool. I have to concede he has a point. If your only knowledge of Utah came from its commercials, you'd think the state consisted entirely of, ge- of various majestic rock formations. Honestly, it kind of does. Yeah, but, like, that's yeah. exactly what it is. Between ski resorts and the national parks, like what else is there? Like would you, what do you want the Utah like tr- tourism campaign to be? Hey, hang out in Ogden. It's cool. <laughs> I, that, that is well. The user from here. <laughs> Oh my god. Exactly. Hey, we got like Imagine it. Dragons. <laughs> hey, I saw oh them in concert. They're cool. God. Y'all motherfuckers ever listen to Chelsea Grin? Come on, oh. let's go. Um, yeah, mom, so, mom, take me to the mall car, baby. Then listen to this zinger he's got. Okay. I mean, if the campaign is, quote, life elevated, Smith says, wearily referring to the state's tourism slogan. Really? Yeah, we know we're at 4,000 feet. Where are we going? Listen, this is oh, his brain. Fuck off. This is his brain. <laughs> Listen, off, it could be it always could, on a growth mindset. It could be so <laughs> much worse. Dick. Like, like life elevates kind of boring. I get that, too. But 
Colorado for a while had Colorado above all, which sounds okay on paper <laughs> until you realize the the German translation is Colorado Col- Uberales. Yeah, which- I was gonna. <laughs> <laughs> Still be offering your heart out, I guess. Um. Oh my god, that's so funny. Okay, so it's a question that animates Smith more than any other. Like many of his tech billionaire peers, he is prone to excited riffs on the future of fill in the blank. Telework, social media, sports marketing, etc. He likes pretty mountains as much as the next guy, but he believes there's much more to Utah than the story that's being told. The economy is booming. The population is exploding. The tech scene is overflowing with new venture capital. We have a slave class we haven't <laughs> fully, uh, fully taken advantage of yet. Well, we right. will. God what does he it. want? The, like, does he want the state slogan to be like private equity elevated? Probably. Something like that, man. It's just, yeah. Anyway, to hear Smith tell it, Utah's on the verge of becoming a global hub of business, technology, sports, and culture. The future he envisions for his state is audacious. This is one of the most incredible uh, paragraphs of the whole piece. More unicorn startups, way more development, Fortune 500 companies relocating in droves, followed by millions of transplants. He sees Hollywood studios filming big budget movies in Salt Lake City. He sees the jazz attracting tens of millions of basketball fans across Asia and Europe. Rock has already got you cornered, guy. Yeah. yeah. He, 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 he thinks like he's targeting like 20 million people in this state. Uh, I like Rudy Gobert as much as the next guy, but like. Yeah, I feel like you have to make it to the past the second round before you can not, uh, attract a global empire. Not not a marquee player, you know, like. Yeah. Um, no, no, I'm, and, I'm just stuck on the whole like we're going to get millions of transplants to the state. Yeah, sure. We probably don't. million people that live in Utah right now. Yeah, free. and we don't have enough water for them. <laughs> it's like we're a desert, guys. Like I don't think we have the resources to take care of 20 million people unless we're like, going to feed on each other's blood. Like that, I mean, yeah, the reason why I said this paragraph is so amazing is because like uh, anyone that lives here and has like tried to get around any like so the vast majority of the population lives in this like uh, metropolitan area between Ogden and Provo. And it's uh, not built for how many people live here currently, just the normal like tr- uh, um, transportation infrastructure, specifically public transportation. Uh, but that obviously has ripple effects towards it, to everything else and getting around here is a nightmare a lot of the time. Um, not to mention the fact that we have been in extreme drought for like decades now and it's just getting worse and for worse. 20 years. And, like the Super main – water sources in the state are have been are lower than they've ever been like namely the colorado river is just and like all of the reservoirs here are just incredibly low the great the great salt lake is about to become the great salt lake bed yeah the great salt lake is drying up almost like and it's likely irreparable and no nowhere in here does ryan smith talk about the infrastructure to support like um how many more million residents how many more lanes to i-15 can you add maybe one it's not it's like it's insane do we like we're gonna be under construction for the rest of our lives and it's awesome like is is his ultimate goal like filming fury road here with like 20 million people super realistic yeah it's like yeah it's like if fury road was based in like la in like 2074 after like a nuclear meltdown yep 100 percent 
There's a certain lev levitative quality to the way that Smith talks about this stuff, and it can be hard to separate the series plans from the rich tech guy hype, but anyone who has followed Smith's expanding empire in recent years has seen how invested he is at putting his home state on the map. He flies in A-list celebrities and ex-presidents to speak at public events. He sits courtside at jazz games with Dwayne Wade, the former NBA all-star that he brought into the team's ownership group. Um, we please reference that one episode we had that read that uh, that article yeah, about the, the Drew Maggery article that just pretty much talked Drew. about how like Dwayne Wade's just nothing more than like a criticism sponge for the Jazz. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he was brought in a very convenient time. He um, owns like a f like like maybe five percent, maybe. We, uh, we have Will and Jada Pinkett oh, Smith for the Sixers. Uh, they they never get criticized, and I, I kind of wish they would. Yeah, uh, because our owner is just a same thing, huge asshole. Wait, you're talking about Blitzer, right? No, uh, oh. Sam Harris. Uh, gotcha. no, no, Josh Harris, like not Sam Harris. That's pretty. Uh, <laughs> That'd be awesome if it was Sam Harris. <laughs> pretty. Uh, We're going with basketball games with rationality. That's right. <laughs> uh, very nuanced three point shot. Okay, so. Uh, the, let's see. He also made the point of pushing back against perceptions of Utah as intolerant and, re and regressive, wearing pride t-shirts to games and sponsoring a scholarship program wow. for students of color. Wow. Yeah. Also, mind you, the sponsorship program for students of color, um, it's only when the Jazz win, which <laughs> is like, like playing that those type of games with people's like potential futures is um, sorry mike conley tore his acl you can't go to college now <laughs> cheer loud for that yeah. social equity kids yeah i mean and again like i've seen Talk. like the kids that get these scholarships of course are very thankful and, and grateful it's shitty that they're putting put into a situation in the first place that requires a basketball team to win a game in order for them to be like lottery picked for to be able to go to college but I digress. Um, it's the, it's anyway. the perfect like liberal means test, though. Yeah. Oh, for sure. It's so incredibly on brand for like cool tech billionaire liberal yeah. who's going to save the world. No one's trying to show the highlights of Utah, he told me. Smith is trying to fill that void. He acknowledges that he would benefit personally from a modernized, rebranded Utah. The faster the state can shake its outdated perception again. Think about what I, we just talked about, what's been going on in this state the last like few months that we that like has come out um, and then just our general history. And then think about when he uses words like outdated. It's outdated perception is a national backwater. The easier it will be to recruit superstar players to the jazz and top flight executives to Qualtrics. They're not coming to Salt Lake. Fuck. No one's. No. I know. But his desire to reintroduce Utah to the world is also motivated by something deeper. The instinct isn't new. Every generation of Utah, since the pioneers settled in Salt Lake Valley, has harbored certain city-on-a-hill aspirations. The desire to sell the world on Utah exceptionalism is embedded in the state's DNA, and a long line of proselytizers and pitchmen have tried. Smith, with his sneaker collection and his penchant for skateboarding around the office, oh, so, sick. Off, guy. so sick. <laughs> Um, is a distinctly 21st century iteration of, the, of this figure. I fucking, I just, I'm picturing that and I hate it. Tall and trim with a bouncy quiff of hair and a wardrobe of expensive hoodies. He looks like a Pixar character in athleisure. What the He's fuck is an expensive hoodie? Name dropping. Okay. This is, this is great. This He's is also what I saw. Yeah. Name name dropping over the course of our interviews he casually mentioned conversations he's had with quote rich that would be richard branson founder of virgin mila 
the actress Mila Kunis, and Barack, Barack Obama, the 44th president of the United States. Oh, and, and, and Jeff, you know, that's what I call Mr. Epstein. <laughs> yes. You know, oh me, Jeff, you guys, you guys Chris, going to uh, LSJ this weekend? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. His Slack status is just a little picture of a little palm tree, and it says LSJ. That would yeah. be awesome. <laughs> oh, God. Gone LSJ. That rules. You know what? If, if he became a billionaire 10 years sooner, he would have definitely been the black book. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. I know he's too new money. Um, okay, when he bought when he bought the jazz, just name dropping Obama. That's so fucking funny. Anyway, yeah, me and Barack just sat jazz. down and just like talked about how we broke the NBA strike. Yeah. I mean, uh, other something else. Yeah. Um, let's see. Oh shit! I lost my place. Uh, Okay, when he bought the Jazz for last year from the Miller family, old school Utah stalwarts who made their fortune in car dealerships, it felt emblematic of a broader changing of the guard. The state's new establishment is younger, richer, and more connected to the global elite than any class of leaders that's come before. Oh, that's what we need, baby. Hell yep. yes. More connections to the global elite, and they may be better positioned to finally win Utah the prestige and recognition it's always craved. No. But not everyone is on board with their vision. For all its recent efforts, aesthetic transformation many utahns are still governed by a small c conservatism detractors fear that if smith and his peers get their way the state will be overrun with fleece vested finance bros and silicon valley expats they warn of a utah diluted of its focus on family faith frontier frugality and and defined increasingly by workaholism and decadent consumption that's too many f's yep and in some ways, the tension at the heart of Smith's project is the same one that's defined Utah for a century and a half. Can he remake this state while preserving what makes it distinct? Uh, um, so I think there's – I don't know if I want to talk about this at the end or now, but I might as well mention a little bit. Like people always talk about how there's just – like it's a popular thing here to hear about like people who are fleeing California, fleeing the communist state of California to come to Utah because of whatever. Taxes, I don't know what. Sure. Yeah, but like the policies that made California into what it is, the allowing like Silicon Valley and companies in California to just do whatever they fucking want and destroy <laughs> and like the type of inequality that exists in places like San Francisco. Um, it's not very unlike what uh the future that like someone that ryan smith envisions for somewhere like salt lake and uh it can happen very quickly i think in a blue state that's got as much like tech money coming in here because it's not just ryan smith that is like this and talks about talks like about utah this way like this is a pretty pervasive mindset around a lot of the companies that have moved here and like started up here um this like being on my grind shit but for like everything and uh, your entire like view of society and how you want things to progress in i guess their definition of progress uh i i, I don't know it's it's very very worrisome it's like grim yeah and it's not and like you know <laughs> they'll think it's people will blame like the california style of liberalism that's just simply socially liberal but it's the same like letting these companies dictate and like control everything else so you'll get these guys in pride shirts like ryan smith um 
but like, I well, don't it's know. because politics is all aesthetics for them. Yeah, it doesn't, exactly. Mean, like, it, doesn't meaning, all... it doesn't meaningfully matter who's yeah. in charge when you get to that level of money. You know, you're going to interact with both parties, and you're going to do who you're going to work with whoever treats you preferentially. It simply doesn't matter at that level of you can buy whatever you want. Who cares? Yeah, yep. like your it, politics are irrelevant before yeah. because your class is uh, so outsized. Exactly, and I mean, and that's why like they're more than happy like throw their their die in for like LGBTQ rights, which is you know what applaud them. Thank you for actually trying to stop the Utah legislature from doing horrific things in that regard. But when it comes yeah. to like issues like labor rights or anything like that, they're going to just fucking run right over them. Exactly. Like there's exactly. a better chance that he shoots Dwayne Wade at half court of a jet, ja- like halftime of a jazz game than he does to let his Qualtrics employees unionize. Like that's like that. That's, that's the type of like dichotomy that we're working with here. Or but like, anyway. you know, pay his taxes or anything else that rich people do. <laughs> Well, you would have to sell stock, dude. What the fuck do you want? Um, there's a story that Smith likes to tell about himself. It's a, a kind of creation myth. He was 17 years old at the time and by his own account, a spectacular screw up. His parents had divorced when he was in the ninth grade and he'd spent much of his youth checking off boxes, cliched teenage rebellion. He stopped studying and picking and picked up poker. He grew his hair long, dropped out of high school oh, and followed fuck. the Grateful Dead on tour. Wow. Is he, is he fucking Pinocchio? That's right. He soon made plans to move to South Korea with a couple of buddies. It was supposed to be a grand adventure. Instead, their jobs and housing fell through. As soon as they arrived in the country, they were forced to call home for help. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to say, I, as someone who like lived in South Korea for a year and all that, it it brought me a lot of joy when you saw like a bunch of these like American kids who like thought that they were just going to come over to South Korea and just like teach Korean people English or something like that. Is, that a, is this a common like mindset that a lot of kids go over there with? Tons. I don't, I don't tons. really get it. Wow. And like the moment that they just like get there is like, oh yeah, your job's fake by the way. Anyway, you can do whatever you want, but we already got your 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 seed money. So who gives a shit? Fuck off. And it um, just made me laugh and brought a little joy to my heart. His his parent his friend's parents promptly brought bought them return tickets, but Smith's dad refused to bail him out. If he wanted to come home, he was told he'd have to figure out how to pay for the two thousand dollar flight himself. Looking back on the experience now, Smith is slightly mystified by his dad's decision. As a parent, I'm like, what was he doing? But in the moment, Smith took it as a personal challenge. Scrambling for survival, he found a job at a school on the outskirts of Seoul making $7 an hour. He stashed his stuff two miles away in a Goshuan, a cubicle-sized room that Korean students used to study, and slept most nights in a sleeping bag at the school. He subsisted almost entirely on ramen and spent the long walks back and forth between the school and Goshuan, contemplating what type of person he wanted to be. That's what I was wrestling with every day. He told me, quote, are you going to give up? Are you going to give up? Are you going to give up? You have every reason to give up right now. I really wish you would have. God damn. I really, <laughs> it would have been, I'd feel better right now if he had. The story takes, if he just were still following a Grateful Dead. Also, also, you can just go to the embassy and beg for mercy and they'll put you on a return flight. And they'll send you home. Yeah, they'll yeah. Just, they, will, they literally will do that. They'll just the like. fucking embassy. Dude. Exactly. You might have a rough flight because you'll probably be at the back of like a C-130 out of Osan, but you'll be fine. <laughs> but you will get there. The State the Department, takes the State Department will bail your ass out. I know. The story takes a number of twists and turns, but suffice to say, he did not give up. A a providential encounter with some Latter-day Saint missionaries and kindness from strangers at a critical moment convinced him he could stick it out in Korea. He made friends, found a home, rediscovered his faith. By the time he returned to the U.S., Smith was ready to begin his life in earnest. 
First a mission for the church, then college and marriage and a tech startup that would make him a billionaire by 40. Oh, okay. So he's a billionaire that has daddy issues and also like re- religious fervor. Awesome. Those are all great right. things cool. all mixed together. Yeah. When Smith tells the story in speeches and interviews, it's usually in service of some broader rhetorical theme, overcoming adversity, perhaps, or God's penchant for working in mysterious ways. But the experience also reveals something fundamental about Smith, a stubbornness that goes a long way toward explaining what would come later. Tell him he can't do something and he just might spend the life of his, the rest of his life trying to prove you wrong. That stubbornness is what fueled Smith's year-long quest to buy the Utah Jazz, the team he had rooted for since he was a kid. When he first floated the prospect to the Miller family, he was told emphatically that the team was not for sale. Undeterred, he continued the courtship, staying in touch with the family and expressing admiration for the way they had run the franchise. He also introduced Gail Miller to his wife, Ashley, who became a kind of secret weapon, a native of Las Vegas and a trained ballet dancer. Ashley has a warmth and an ability to talk about her priorities that connected with Gail. She also made clear that she would be running the jazz alongside of her husband. Quote, I felt reassured that they had the same feelings about what it was all about and that they espoused the same values, Miller told me. When the Millers did start thinking seriously in 2020 about selling the team, Smith was the obvious choice. It wasn't until the opportunity was in front of him that he paused to consider whether he actually wanted to take it. Ashley recalls a long, sleepless night at the kitchen table where the two would talk about the talk through the pros and cons of buying the team, then break to pray and pace around their Orem home. Fuck you. Ashley told me. Fuck you. That pisses me off so much. They drilled down on the uncomfortable question of their motivations. I said to Ryan, this can't be about ego. If it's about pride and ego, this will destroy us. So anyway, I called up my buddy Prince Harry to talk about the choice. And then (laughs) why else do you buy a fucking sports team if not for pride and ego? Well, you don't need to do that. You don't need to lie to me at least. I mean, we literally everything up to this point talking about his like vision for for Utah or whatever. I mean, all of that is a pride and about his ego and like the benefits that he can reap from that. But anyway, that really is just incredible when you juxtapose it next to that that paragraph about him name dropping celebrities and presidents. Mm-hmm. It's not about pride and ego as he does a like pop shove it and he calls Barack Obama or whatever. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh my God. Ryan, I think you're doing a great job. You're doing- uh, please uh, carry on. It is me, Barack. Um, go Jazz. You know, I just had a hard choice about whether or not to buy an NBA franchise, putting me in like the top tier of like rich people in the world. So I, I did parkour with my buddy Ashton Kutcher. And um, <laughs> I know the epiphany had a clarifying effect. Once they acknowledged the bad reasons to buy the team, the better one started coming into view. It's the biggest media platform in the state outside of the church, Ashley told me. Oh my a lot of people are listening and watching. The Smiths decided they would use the team to tell a new story about Utah. Again, what? without fixing the core problems that are going on here <laughs> let's be very clear about that um we we did it for all of you we bought this nba team which is like all out of the goodness sports. of our hearts out yeah. of the goodness of our hearts we bought this billionaires play thing like this is just jeff bezos like the same thing like i want to thank all the workers for like allowing me to go to space Yep. Okay. So the one uh, to tell a new story about Utah, the one nobody else was telling, we want people to be more cautious or excuse me, more curious about Utah because the people are accepting and loving and unified. We want that story to get out. I'm going to quickly mention that um, within the last, I think it's probably, it might've been two weeks. My time is, I don't know what's going on right now. Within the last couple of weeks, there was a 10 year old black autistic girl who committed suicide 
due to bullying that she experienced in one of the school districts, the main school district that was the DOJ was investigating yeah, for the last D- few Davis years. Davis County. And uh, the same district, I mean, and when our governor spoke out about that, he did not speak out about it. He said racism was bad and that's it. He did not mention anything in particular. He did not. No one got in trouble for anything before this girl killed herself. And she did about two weeks after or three weeks after that report came out from the DOJ. So um, I just want the Smiths. Not that they're going to hear this to keep in mind that this isn't a branding problem. Um, there's something uh, a, a little just ever so slightly deeper that I think might be a, a bit problematic. I, I think um, this might be a perfect time to also say that the uh, state legislature is currently reconsidering that trans uh, athletes bill right now. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So anyway. Yes, Greg. And I just want to say something just strictly on the like this idea of branding. Have you been to the arena at all this year? Yeah, it's uh, I mean, it's it's chaotic. It's, it's fucking thing. awful. Like the actual branding, like the, the Utah Jazz are like in the middle of this this <clears throat> rebrand and it's like half baked and they have like 700 uniforms and a million different fonts and color schemes. Um they have three different types of yellow in multiple, like in, yeah. in their jerseys. It's and really like, amazing. Yeah, like, yeah, it's just, it's an absolute jumbled mess. And the amount of cognitive dissonance I get when I go into that arena makes my brain melt. And this is the motherfucker who wants to talk about rebranding. Like even just from, from a branding perspective, you it's don't shit. know what you're talking about. Wait, has, <laughs> has Ryan Smith done an NFT or something yet? Has that happened? Oh God. I, I think probably going to happen soon. Oh, okay. It's anyway. just going to be, yeah, it's just going to be a monkey with these shitty haircuts. I, I mean, Donovan Mitchell's done crypto. Uh, Gobert's done NFTs. It's fucking the matter of time. Fuck it. Um, oh God. I was going to say something, but I completely so, forgot it. Yeah. Forget I'll, it. I'll continue for now. Ashley was quick to acknowledge that Utah isn't perfect. Of course, the best way to improve the state's perception might simply be to improve its reality. She and her husband have helped raise money for Encircle, a Utah based nonprofit that supports LGBTQ youth. And under and under their direction last year, the Jazz gave away one full ride college scholarship to a student of color for every game the team won. <laughs> oh, yeah. Encircle. I, for, I forgot about Encircle, the uh, LGBTQ place that doesn't allow homeless LGBTQ places, uh, uh, youth to actually stay there after 5 PM. Yep. And makes them pay for their own therapy anyway. I mean, it's, it's, it's a LGBTQ organization that's endorsed by Spencer Cox. So like, let's, let's keep in mind what that type of thing actually is. I mean, the sad thing about like LGBTQ organizations in Utah is like a lot of them are just meant to make Mormons feel good about themselves as opposed to like doing sort of like structural changes. And there are like anarchist groups here who are like, <laughs> I mean, like there are people who are uh, very not fond of Encircle um, and like, anyway, that's a that's a discussion for another time. They've also signaled a zero tolerance policy for the kind of ugly and sometimes racist behavior that has long tinged the reputation of the Jazz fan base. During the 2021 playoffs, when three Jazz fans were caught harassing parents of the Memphis of Memphis Grizzlies point guard John Morant. Smith acted quickly. He banned the fans from Vivint Arena, publicly apologized to the Morants, and gave the family courtside seats, a car side, a car service, and hotel rooms for the duration of the series. Morant's father was so impressed after his son's team was eliminated, he said he would be rooting for the Jazz. 
again, glad Ryan did that. But again, there were fans there who were comfortable racially harassing John Morant's family. And um, I don't know, maybe that's not a branding problem. And even if you ban them from the stadium, I don't, uh, it's not going to make them less racist as it turns out. I mean, honestly, if there was like zero tolerance for like racism at jazz games, like they would probably end up playing in an empty arena, like a soccer <laughs> team who just rioted or something. Well, the NBA bubble. <laughs> yeah. The NBA, all, seriously, all the, the NBA at all. Well, I have some good news for you guys. So I know like, you know, things might not be picking up at the pace we'd like them, them to be at. But for those who are impatient for social progress in Utah, these gestures might feel like baby steps. But to Ashley, the kind of person who listens to self-improvement podcasts on two times speed and feels notebooks with quotes that inspire her, there is power in forward motion even when it's halting and difficult. No, I'm going to shoot myself instead. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. The this- situation with the fans, I'm not glad it happened, she says, but sometimes to get people to listen takes those uncomfortable moments. As they've gotten busier in recent years, the Smiths have worked to ensure that their family remains top priority. Both of them grew up with divorced parents, and they know how fragile a marriage can be. They're in the process of renovating a building on the Qualtrics campus to include side-by-side personal offices for the two of them. Normal. The offices will sit above a dance studio that Ashley runs will allow them to check in with each other throughout the workday. What is your fucking job? Like, why do you need an office? Why do you have a job? You own a fucking basketball team. Just go hang out with Rudy Gobert. You need an yeah. office to listen to podcasts at two it times speed. Me, it pisses me off that they work. This is the thing that I don't understand, I don't understand about like Elon Musk is that if I had two hundred fucking forty billion dollars, ever he's worth now, I would I would buy an island, not like a pedophile, just an island, just an island, just a normal guy, just island. a normal guy island, and I would buy the Boston Celtics and the Boston Bruins and the New England Patriots and the goddamn Sox, and I would set up some sort of panopticon to watch all my teams, and I would play warfare until my fucking fingers bled, and I wouldn't be on fucking Twitter. That's the shit I just don't understand. You wouldn't be a Bernie Sanders reply guy. I'd, no, I would be. I would not. I would pay someone to tweet from my account once a month a picture of me at the Panopticon, and I'll have snacks. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so Here's um, the world's richest man eating some beef jerky. <laughs> This part is interesting. She says that commitment to family is one of the things that drew Gail Miller to the Smiths. A year after selling her NBA franchise, she told me she has no regrets. They've brought a lot of glitz and glamour to the Utah Jazz, but I basically, but I think basically their value system is very strong. I do hope, though, that Ryan will remain grounded. She added, as his profile and status grow, it would be easy to let all of that influence you and make you think you're something that you're not. He's a good person. I'd hate to see any of that compromised. So That's I was talking to my that- good buddy, the King Philip of Spain, and um, you know, we just uh, c- compared golf tips together. You know, we're just really cool with each other. I, I, I'm I'm glad McKay put like this stuff in here, and I think it's interesting that Gail. I mean. She can see Ryan for who he is. Ryan's telling us who he is. He has. And then this profile is just incredible at doing that as well. Like, I'm going to go ahead and say, I think it's uh, that influence influence has gotten to him maybe a little bit. 
Utah has always had a sense of destiny about its rightful place in the world, defined by lofty ambitions that often seem hopelessly out of reach. In the beginning, the mission was explicitly religious as exiled pioneer settlers labored to turn their scrap of inhospitable desert into a divinely ordained utopia. The project required a certain amount of creativity and communism. Sorry, wait, that wasn't in there. Uh, modern scholars credit the settlers' decision to cluster homes and planned villages surrounded by shared farmland and the triumph of urban planning, but they were driven by the zeal of true believers. We are not going to wait for angels, Brigham Young declared. We intend to build up Zion on the earth. Also genocide. Yep. Yeah. White supremacy. Whichever. Lots of genocide. We, we don't like to talk about that part, but that was definitely part of the mission there. Yep. We did a, actually, uh, yeah, with Liam's co-host, we talked about some of the stuff as well. Joe, wait, did Joe Jonas join us for that one? I can't remember. Yes. I think he did. Yeah, yes. yeah, we, we did it on right. his podcast. Yeah, that was our Nauvoo Legion one. Oh, I couldn't remember where we were. All right. Anyway, when I mention this history to Smith, he gets excited. <laughs> and it, Sorry, I just was thinking about the genocide. I thought McKay had actually put that in there when we were talking about it. Sorry. Okay. He gets excited and immediately begins reframing it in terms he can relate to. No, Utah is a startup, he says. He pauses for a moment and then says it again as though trying to feel how the words taste in his mouth. I mean, if you actually think about it, Utah is a full-on startup. I start to say something, but he cuts me off. He decided the idea agrees with him. The startup of Utah, he proclaims grandly. This man is the dumbest man alive. Jesus fucking Christ. Dude, any sort of like nation state or city state is just a startup to this dude just because his br- seen, his brain yeah. is fucking cottage Popstar? cheese. Have you guys seen Popstar? Yes, I've seen Popstar. Yes. Never stop, you know never stopping, dude. That's right. You know that last song, the like uh the song with Michael Bolton how they're talking about how incredible their minds are. Anyway. <laughs> he's he's giving off some real like Andy Samberg and Popstar energy right now. You know, if you think about it guys, Brigham Young was the first CEO. That's right. God. And maybe it's a stretch, but there's something to the idea. The hallmarks of Silicon Valley startup culture, innovation, adaptability have long been central to Utah's story. Most notably, its success has rested on a relentless, almost diluted optimism. Smith is the ultimate Utah optimist, a trait that's on full display in his stewardship of the jazz. Not content to remain the owner of a scrappy small market team, Smith believes he can turn Utah, which most people outside of the U.S. know little about, into a high-value global brand. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yes, yes, that eternal optimism, which is why Utah leads the nation in antidepressant Yep, usage and abuse, yes. Just a little bit of some of those uh, optimistic candies we we give ourselves. Um, yeah, in, let's see. As the NBA becomes less geographically rooted and more tailored toward expanding its international fan base, Smith plans to position the Jazz to compete with legendary teams like the Lakers and the Celtics. The first phases of the plan are already in motion. Redesign the uniforms, crank out cool merch, generate Twitter hype around the team's young stars. Whether any of this will actually lead to teenagers in Shanghai wearing Donovan Mitchell jerseys is an open question. It won't. But Smith is, as ever, optimistic. He has spent his brief time as an NBA owner trying to convert the rest of the league to his vision. On Zoom calls with the league's board of governors, he has become known for his evangelizing on the subject. There's a traditional way in the NBA that owners think of small markets versus big markets, Adam Silver, the NBA commissioner, told Sports Business Journal earlier this year. Ryan has made it quite clear that he does not accept that way of looking at it. Technology has been a great equalizer. But for now, Smith is still contending with the traditional challenges that face teams like the Jazz. 
Most pressingly, it's not easy, but in conversations with players, he's identified some key selling points. It's clear that if someone is a family, there's not a better spot, he told me. Smith is also uniquely positioned to help veteran players who are thinking about life after basketball take advantage of Utah's booming tech economy. Oh, my God. It <laughs> oh, makes me what? think of when, uh, like, when they were trying to get Gordon Hayward to stay and they offered him, like, car dealerships or whatever. <laughs> a fucking stayward campaign, man. Yeah. Oh, these factors might help explain why Mike Conley, the 34-year-old all-star and married father of three, chose to extend his contract this offseason. It's do you because do the Jazz could offer him more money than any other team. That uh, too. But what do you do if you're 19 without a family and you want to go out at night, Smith says. I mean, LA is pretty appealing. What Smith doesn't say but seems to believe is that this is a temporary problem. Utah might never have a beach to sell, but as money floods into the state and developers rush to keep up with the stampede of coastal transplants, LA-like amenities will naturally follow. Again, we do not have the infrastructure to support the uh, rush of uh, stampede of coastal transplants. Um, but anyway, if Smith worries at all about what might be lost in this growth, he doesn't let on. At one point, I tossed about a, about a hypothetical me- a hypothetical meant to be jarring. 20 million people living in Utah. And he treats it as if it's a foregone conclusion. Oh, he replies casually, it'll happen. He might be right, but is that what Utah wants? No, because we um, don't have any fucking water. <laughs> I know. We're in the final stretch of this here, but this is kind of where uh, some of the criticism that McKay lines up. Team owners in the NBA frequently become the mag- the magnets for criticism from fans, and Smith has been no exception. But the increasingly polarized reaction to him in Utah has little to do with the performance of the Jazz, which pulled off their best regular season record in the league last year. Instead, he's hearing from a noisy chorus of traditionalists on the right and left who are afraid of what he's turning their state into. I wonder who the left people he's talking about, unless McKay has been listening to this podcast. Some of the criticism has come, predictably, from conservatives who accuse Smith of yoking their beloved franchise to progressive political causes. Earlier this year, the Jazz's minority scholarship program incurred an angry backlash in the right-wing media, with Fox News host Tucker Carlson deriding it as totally, totally immoral and racist for excluding white students. More recently, Republican Congressman Chris Stewart announced that he was boycotting jazz games this season. <laughs> That's so funny, trying to picture Chris Stewart at a jazz game. It's even funnier because like. Andy yeah. Larson followed that up and and like looked into the the ticket records and everything and like Chris Stewart hasn't been to a game in like four years. I love it. <laughs> he's been boycotting for a while. Yeah, got uh, out of the curve. Yeah. No, he's boycotting because uh, the team is requiring proof of vaccination or a negative COVID-19 test to attend games. In a world where so many of things have turned in, it turned contentious or divisive, the Jazz were an opportunity to bring us together, Stewart wrote on Facebook. That is why I will miss them. Smith's defenders would argue that these that these are not inherent. Wait, does McCabe, he doesn't have any left criticisms in here. No, of okay. course not. Well, he just says they exist, but I'm curious what he thinks those are. Well, he- Smith's defenders would argue that these are not inherently divisive positions. Supporting vaccines and giving away scholarships does not exactly make you Che Guevara after all, but the pushback is not coming from the right. His expansive vision... Oh, here we go. Smith's expansive vision for Utah is also bumping up against a loose coalition of conservationists, environmentalists, and general nature lovers. People that also just want to like it live and exist (laughs) also, potentially, who fear the havoc a mass influx of new residents will wreak on their state's topography. It's not uncommon to see Utah sucks, don't move here bumper stickers on Subarus and Priuses parked in Salt Lake City. 
He's, Smith sees a lot of the criticism as generational. The state's gone young, he tells me. The governor is a baby-faced Twitter addict who oh. <laughs> wears sneakers and slim-cut jeans. <laughs> the business community is led by tech entrepreneurs who contract drones and film crews to create Utah hype videos they can use to, to recruit out-of-state employees. Oh, my God. That's makes me sick. I'll- we worked really hard to be an arm of the state branding, Smith says. Some people are... Like that, some people might might not. I asked him who doesn't like it. Well, I think it's back to a group that's like, "Hey, you young kids, get off my lawn." Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, that that that, yeah. that makes sense too because like Ryan Smith seems like the oldest like sixteen year old I've ever met or ever like known of, just because like yeah. all these young all these old people just don't like how I'm like rocking out, man. Yeah, Peter so, Pan. So even though. Yeah. So again, like keep in mind that this man is like a, a pretty socially liberal guy, I guess. But like the the way that his business and like w- the wealth that he's been able to amass is a result of very um, free market uh, policy, shall we say. He's trying to be diplomatic, but it's clear he takes a certain amount of glee in provoking his critics. The conservative media pile on over the scholarship program. If Ann Coulter is against something, he said in an interview earlier this year, that's probably a pretty good sign. The complaints about the vaccine requirement, Smith has no time for it. He proudly tells me about a tweet he posted the night before that triggered Utah's anti-vax minority. Scratching my head at those who believe the recent rain, recent rain is an answer for answer to prayer for a drought, but that the vaccine is not for the pandemic. As soon as we posted that, it was like he makes exploding noises and uses hands to simulate a bomb going off. Smith insists he's not trying to fundamentally alter Utah's identity. He struggles to articulate exactly which ingredients are essential to the state's secret sauce. Is it the entrepreneurism? Entrepreneurism? Is it the high levels of civic trust? The religious influence? He doesn't want to lose any of it. We don't have a content problem, he tells me. we're, We're back. We have a packaging problem. To illustrate this, he routinely tweets uplifting quotes from Latter-day Saint general authorities with the hashtag, hashtag Sunday thought. But instead of using religious <laughs> titles, elder or president in the attribution, he simply uses their first and last names. With altered packaging, the quotes get retweeted by professional athletes and celebrities. And what the that's fuck? So funny. Jesus Christ. I love trying to extrapolate like a ton of meaning behind that. Like, wow, that's, yeah, that's pretty incredible. In some ways, Smith represents a refreshing departure from the contrarianism that so many Utahns practice, that strange pathological impulse to constantly put down their own state as if to signal that they get it, they're cool, they're not like those other Utahns. No, this state is just dog shit. Yeah. (laughs) To Smith, who has traveled the world extensively, this type of haterism is even more paras... I don't know how to pronounce that word. And embarrassing than blinkered boosterism. This is the only place I've ever seen where people will choose to live here and have a bad attitude about it, he says. I don't know. Those people are I do not want in my life. But Smith also embodies the growing distance between the Utah's elite and the rest of the state. When Utahns hear him talk enthusiastically about bringing in an international renown to the place they call home, some will detect a certain paternalism. They don't want 20 million new neighbors. They don't want Utah to look like California. They don't want their homes lovably chaotic color scheme, the kaleidoscope mix of purple and gold and orange and yellow to be replaced with stylish black and white uniforms that look like they belong in a Tom Ford ad. All right, hold I on. I thought about those people in October. Sorry, Jordan. The The whole thing about like switching the jazz's colors to like black and white is like the most egregious thing ever to me for a few <laughs> reasons. I mean, first of all, it's like you're taking, it's like the last sort of like disgrace you could do to like the jazz name because jazz is a very colorful form of music it's a very sort of it's a very lightened sort of music 
and you're making it the most bland color scheme on the planet. Like, fuck off, dude. Like, how can you it's, make this any more boring? New Orleans. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. Like, let's just be like the Utah, I don't know, fucking honkies, I guess. Like, that would work. <laughs> the Utah, yeah. Utah VC, which just stands for venture capitalists. I love it. That sounds great for us. Um, I thought about those people in October as I watched coverage of Smith's 2021 Silicon Slopes Summit. The event was a success by any measure. For two days, celebrities and CEOs shuffled on and off the elaborately outfitted stage in Salt Lake City. Apple CEO Tim Cook, the event's headliner, heaped praise on Utah's tech scene. What I look for when I go places is people who want to change the world, and that's what I see here. Afterwards, Smith accompanied Cook to a jazz game where they sat courtside with Dwayne Wade. It was a glimpse at the Utah that Smith is trying to build, a scene that would have been unthinkable a few decades ago that may well become a commonplace in the decades to come. It also felt in that moment almost inevitable whether his fellow Utahns liked it or not. Back at his office, Smith made it clear to me that no amount of resistance would slow him down. Quote, I always say the hashtag for everything we're doing is hashtag kicking and screaming. Good God. Jesus cool. Christ. That is a that is a grim read. It It is... It's it is and it's like amazing and it's I, I I don't know I haven't spent a ton of time in like other than like just like on trips or whatever outside of Utah but like this type of brain is so like common here he just also has multiple billions of dollars to back it up like I, I, he, he talks the same way. So many guys, like I went to high school with who were like trying to, I don't know, like fake it till they make it. Except this man is actually, uh, making certain things happen. And I mean, obviously there's environmental concerns from us and it's not necessarily just that like, uh, destroying habitat, but it's like literally we do not have like we re- we rely on the environment for survival, and we do not have the environmental capacity in order to survive <laughs> with that type of scaling. So a word that he would probably appreciate. So fuck, man, I don't like is Liam is this type of shit like or is does anyone on the East Coast? act like this oh, or is yeah, this just like yeah, a new we, money west coast we, thing we have that um our our billionaires have been uh at least our sports billionaires have been caught up in trying to free meek for a while and they did free meek and they won't let they won't shut up about it uh <laughs> it we, get, we get i wouldn't say we get the sort of like new science fiction villainy so much uh because there's not that much tech billions here on the east coast because obviously everything it's like we usually have just pure finance evil yeah but like yeah, we get just, there's a local group uh that's that has some dark money behind it called philly 3.0 with some with some pretty nefarious goings on uh and there's shit like that but they they sort of color between the lines i'd say yeah yeah, the uh, it is such a different style of like having billions of dollars. Like there, there were certain people. I mean, I don't know if they, like I think Branson was like one of the first to kind of like really cut this new uh, eccentric like type of uh, personality to have outside of just like the sheer amount of wealth that he has. And it's really influenced a lot of like these new money tech billionaire guys who want to be 
Like, I mean, he's literally wants to be a celebrity and he, I guess is, uh, at some level. And it's just, I don't like that future that he envisions. I, I like Jordan, you mentioned like that slave class or whatever, but it's like, there's so much conversation about, uh, about inflation right now and it's never focused around like housing costs or just like anything related to that and like the housing market here is just absolutely batshit insane and it's just gonna keep getting worse because there's nothing that's gonna slow it down like uh, what's what's gonna stop it and yeah like how how much longer can that go? And then there quite literally just is that slave class of people who have lived here uh, and who might be brought in here to help support this new 20 million resident future or whatever that can't afford to to live here. And it's just like... If we had it's, 20 it's, million people, we would just be Mega City One from Judge Dredd. Like, yeah, yeah, like these people that like not everyone's going that lives here can be part of this like tech fortune, like infiltration or whatever. It's, it's, yeah. We will be watering our lawns with Coca Cola. We're not going to have <laughs> lawns. Like, like we're going to be lucky if we actually have any sort of like flora or fauna at all. Yeah. Yeah. Like we're just going to be sitting down with our like uh, our veggie pellets and, you know, which are made out of something we don't want to think about. And then just like we're just going to essentially be hamsters stuck in cages. Like that's about it. Yeah. The the like the the tension that's just going to exist here now and like what they're like, what's really going to happen is going to be the battle on social issues between this all this new tech money and our state legislature. Um because I mean, it's never, and they'll never, you'll never hear anything about any, any local laws about development or anything like that. Like there's never going to be any disagreements on anything related to <laughs> economic issues, um, labor issues or anything like that's all in place. And there's no building, there's no opposition to that at no. all here at like at just zero percent. I mean, the state um, put in those sandbox regulations is pretty much just allow tech companies to do whatever they want just for the, you know, yeah. quote innovation. And yeah, essentially like, that's going to be the future too. Like we're going to yeah. just seed any sort of like regulatory ability from the state to the tech sector. And then that'll be it. We're just going to do a speed run for all the, for all the effects that why San Jose should be hit with a fucking neutron bomb. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I just, yeah. I can't get over it. Just the, Ryan Smith and his wife's like this idea, this mind palace that they are benevolent and they have done us all a favor by purchasing the Utah jazz. Well, there's a story to tell Greg and that's well, Utah's like the, story that the two best players in franchise history are a pedophile and a QAnon guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <Christ. laughs> yeah. At least we have Bill yeah, we, Russell. We got, we got statues for him both. Uh, um, I mean, at least James Dolan's just like this whimsical, like idiot. Like I, I can respect that way more dream girl. Like yeah. forcing all the MSG like employees to listen to is like shitty, like folk, <laughs> jazz band is so much cooler than like this bullshit yeah i I respect james dolan now i never thought i'd actually say that yeah it's so hard to like listen to him talk about the 
the it's the packaging and the con or then the branding problem that utah has and that being like that being like the main focus or whatever and then just being like well i donate to in circle so i'm doing the work too like it's all it's we all good see here. you we hear you pay for your own therapy why are you yeah. leaving yeah it's really i don't know it's 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 pretty tough to it's fucking those two things with like what's like what we know like the actual reality on the ground for so many people here versus like this type of vision he has where he can just live out these weird fucking fantasies courtside with tim apple and Dwayne wade it's like i don't know man <laughs> I, forget, <laughs> I forgot about tim apple <laughs> yeah man i can't call him anything else dude that's the only thing i can think of him as Fuck me, man. Anyway, so <laughs> this is our future and it's not going to like there's nothing standing in the way. Uh, the, the only thing that's standing in the way, what, like quite literally, is the infrastructure and environment here. But they're going to test that as much as they possibly fucking can because there's nothing stopping them from test right. putting that to the test. What could so, go wrong? You know, it, it's hard to hear all this and just not have near actionable thoughts. Yeah, Buddy, I'm with you. Kind of makes me wish I had a terminal illness like right now. <laughs> you know, I think I, I, I could, I could be put to good work. At least you're I not think. raising a kid. That is yeah. true. <sighs> yeah. At least your kid's really cute. He's a good guy. I got, I got that going for me. Yeah. He, he seems like he has enough enthusiasm. He'll be the vanguard of the revolution. Good luck, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Liam, so when are you coming out to Utah, man? I know this is a, this has been quite the sell. Uh, and I know that I could come things out are sounding next year, good. early next year. Right. Someone, Sounds someone good. host me, and I'll come out whenever. Hell yeah! Hey, I love to see that. I need to Actually, get back to Philly. Yeah, I need. I've never been to Philly. Yeah, I've been, been to Pennsylvania at all. No, I don't think I have. I've been to New York and New Jersey. Sorry. Not. <laughs> I, I, I like New York. It's cool. But anyway, well, sorry. <laughs> I, I, I really liked that. I honestly really liked that article. Like a lot of the times we read articles uh, and we're roasting the person that wrote it. Um, I don't think that was the case here. I did not. I, like, I think McKay did a good job at just essentially letting Ryan cook uh, in a bad way of Ryan, like Ryan just really showed his whole ass here. Not that it really means anything other than just to us, just again, lets us know. And it reminds us who, who he actually is and what his brain is, how it works. And he's just kind of an idiot, but you know, I'll keep eating this garbage. I'll keep going to jazz games. I'll keep watching <laughs> on TV. I feel that it's all part of the fun. Well, gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. Any parting words, fellow co-hosts or Liam? Anything? Anything we got? Oh, yeah, nothing. I gotta go to bed at some point. <sighs> Me too. I'm gonna be up at like six tomorrow. I feel like I just ate bad meat. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. It's refreshing. Greg, I'm just gonna reiterate your words and say, "Well, sorry." Yeah, that feels, <laughs> that feels appropriate. Hey, when was the last yeah. time we finished an episode and didn't just feel like existential dread? And I have high hopes for a living. We need, to, do, do we need to start the, the movie series on like watching the Mormon films because 
those are just awesome i think oh yeah, yeah we like, gotta we gotta watch another good movie Oh. Watch like Singles Ward or Church Ball or something and <laughs> eat it up. Listen, I've watched a lot of bad movies. I mean, I watched Range 15 with Liam. So, you know, that was uh, a great fucking movie. That one's awesome. Also, What's the, uh, another in-state and entrepreneur, by the way. Those fucking yeah. Black oh, Rifle right, guys. Have those fucking guys. Oh, I haven't heard anything about Brett Black Rifle for a minute. Uh, I hope they're dead, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Oh, love it. I gotta go All right, guys. Bed. It's been a pleasure. Liam, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Bye, everyone. In Scotland, a child bites an apple, but the core is rotten. TV is free, but what is the cost? We have GPS, and yet we're still lost. A carrot in the desert, a camel in the garden, a man with giant ears begging your pardon. What if a garbage man was actually smart? A common misconception that we're tearing apart. Into a dog, dog food is just food. Into a sock, a mansion's just a big shoe. A milk dud sitting in the acid rain. A house cat addicted to the cocaine. No teeth, unlimited floss. These are just a few of our incredible thoughts.